Hello and welcome to Castable. This is the podcast which brings on brilliant guests to pitch their dream music festival. My name's Matt Holt and I'm the host. Today's guest is an award-winning star of stand-up comedy. She was nominated for the Edinburgh Fringe Best Newcomer in 2017 and since then has done many awesome things like being featured in Roast Battle, Comedy Central at the Comedy Store and once hosted Takeshi's Castle. It's an absolute delight to welcome Lauren Patterson. How are you doing? Hello, I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Uh, I always feel a little bit strange to like kind of like do a full bio there, but I felt, you know, you've got so many cool things under your belt as well. Like, uh, and yeah, so uh, and to be honest, I was a little bit jealous about the Takeshi's Castle thing, as I mentioned. Oh, that yeah. was a cool one. That was yeah. like the best morning of my life. Because I was <laughs> like, obviously you don't know how these things work. So I got booked for it. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, like, I wonder how long it'll take. I wonder like, if you just have to sit there and keep saying funny things, but you literally just watch the episode once yeah. and just chip in with funny comments, and then they're like, cool, that's you done. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the best job ever. Paid <laughs> 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 my rent to watch Takeshi's Castle. <laughs> <laughs> Something I would have been doing anyway. So. I know. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I think we should just get straight into uh, the, the episode. So my first question I always like to start with is, if someone were to ask you what kind of music are you into, how do you typically respond? See, I think I've got very eclectic mm-hmm. music taste because I grew up with a dad who, like all dads, uh, <laughs> loves Genesis and Phil Collins. <laughs> is yeah, he very that... sad that the dates have been rescheduled to April? Yes, he is. Was he going to both nights <laughs> in Newcastle? Of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> that's really i think uh, every dad is a fan of genesis and absolutely mike yeah. and the mechanic <laughs> like so my favorite disney film is tarzan not because of the like actual film but because of the music and the, oh my god like because that that soundtrack's so good as well like good, isn't it Bill Collins can, does get a bad rep, but that that soundtrack's so good as well. Like, the camp, what a banger! Yeah, and <laughs> two worlds, one family. Yeah, true. That's a good soundtrack. So yeah. I kind of like all like music like that because I grew up listening to that in the car. Mm-hmm. But then, like when I got older, I was very like, I was peak like when I was a teenager. It was like Arctic Monkeys, The Fratellis, mm-hmm. The Coo- lots of bands with the at the start. <laughs> Yeah, and I liked all those like indie bands who mm-hmm. people would bully you at school if oh you're a goth or something like oh <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. dirty emo and I'd be like no I just like I don't like the kind of music you listen to and then fast forward a few years and I feel like it became really sort of cool to like those bands mm-hmm. but suddenly like there was people on my Facebook feed who used to like bully me for like an arctic monkeys were then like taking pictures of their arctic monkeys tickets and i was like no 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 yeah yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely like when when i went to school uh, and i think roughly the same time because uh because i was really into rock and metal and i so i got uh, i got even more so because people did think i was a proper goth and emo kid and uh, i I went to loads of festivals when i was a teenager uh probably a bit too young but i did go like when i was 15 (laughs) 16 and uh people like oh you you like festivals here and then like like five years later when the festival festival boom was happening they were all yeah, going yeah. now it's like well i hope you hope you choke on your tent those bands are very nostalgic to me because my brother was really into the those like indie bands like the fratellis mm-hmm. uh, a massive animatic monkeys and yeah that, that indie 2000 indie is such a, a like panic at the disco yeah, those kind yeah. of bands as well yeah so yeah to work for i don't know if you had one in your hometown or uni town propaganda oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. i used to work for propaganda <gasps> So like my nights out would be all that kind of music yeah. rather than like, oh, what was it? 
not not the white the black geese. I was going to yes. say the white stripes, but it's yeah. not. Another, <laughs> they're, they're the rivals, aren't they? Another yeah. colour and inanimate <laughs> object. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you unpick that thread, that's most bands, to be honest. Oh, so, pretty uh, much. Like, colour, you know, I'm an object. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but then, like, when... So, I used to be, like, dead against, like, pop music. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I hated, like, you know, when all the girls were being, like, One Direction. I'd be, like, mm-hmm. oh, pathetic. And, like, <laughs> Little Mix and Lady Gaga. But yeah. then I kind of went backwards. And sort of when I, like, left uni... I sort of regressed into the teenage girl that I never was. And now I'm like obsessed with Little Mix. Absolutely. Yeah. Went to see Little Mix last year with my 32 year old sister. Best night of my life. Um, <laughs> Lady Gaga got really into Lady Gaga. And every now and then on my Facebook memories, like a really angsty teenage status will come up from me, like slagging off bands that I like now. And I'm just like, delete <laughs> 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 yeah because i remember there was it used to be a festival called creamfields which was like quite uh quite heavy like edm and dance music yeah. and i very much was not part of that scene whatsoever in fact i yeah. think i really disliked it as well uh, but now i can see the merit and really enjoy it but I, I remember doing i'm not really a person who does memes but like i remember just doing <laughs> what my only meme was i did the confession there i was like creamfields looks really bad this year and it comes up every year and i hate myself a little bit more yeah, <laughs> I think we're very similar, Lauren. You know, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, I think regress back into pop is really cool because, uh, yeah, obviously those bands that kind of Lady Gaga and Little Mix of like was that kind of same time frame as well, and uh, they're still very prevalent today. But yeah, also- yeah, that's as well. She's mm-hmm. another one who I was like, shut up, whinging about your breakups. <laughs> with your curly hair and your beautiful face and now I'm like Taylor you are a queen and you speak to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah I yeah yeah I I, you know what I've never really got into Taylor Swift but I think I I think if I given half the chance I'll be a massive fan yeah oh yeah absolutely I think now as well like I've always liked my DJs as well always been really into sort of like like Creamfields would have been my ideal festival but Mm -hmm. none of my friends were into that kind of music yeah so I always either like like really alternative angsty indie stuff, but then also stuff that like would be on at a club, like stuff mm-hmm. that's just noise and lasers. Which is the best club I've been to. Yeah. So I remember going to see Nero and going yeah. to see like Skrillex, all that kind of era of like that sort of music. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, Dead Mouse or Dead Mouse. Oh Mouse. yeah! Oh my, <laughs> genuinely, this is like a blaster of the past. Isn't I know. It? I'd uh, like all this sort of like really angsty stuff, but then I'd also be the one just like waiting for the beat to drop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I like those two things. It's like uh, they come from two different places as well. Um, uh, but yeah, so. In terms of, um, we kind of, I guess there's a lot of modern music you do like, but do you play any instruments and have you ever wanted to be a musician yourself? I don't. I, was, I remember wanting to play drums when I was in secondary school, but weirdly, working class high schools in Newcastle weren't massive on teaching yeah. you instruments. They just yeah. were like, don't get pregnant. Um, <laughs> yeah. It failed largely at that with a lot of us as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really wanted to play drums, but there wasn't enough space. So I had mm-hmm. singing lessons, but like it was me and this other girl and that girl could sing like really high and I couldn't. And my singing teacher could sing really high and she would always just like want me to sing like I'd just been grabbed by the balls. And I was like, I'm not an expert. I'm not a singing teacher, but surely like we all have different voices and I clearly have like a lower voice. And she was like, no, you can sing up here. And I was like, I, I fucking can't. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I spent like three years getting singing lessons where I did not learn to sing. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I could play guitar. Mm-hmm. 
But then I also know that I'd be that knobhead at a party who'd be like, do you want me to get the guitar out? And everyone yeah. would be like, this is why we don't invite you, Lauren. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And I was genuinely that person as well. So I was like, especially as a teenager, because like I wasn't, uh, I was very uh, lacking of self-confidence as well. So having a guitar at a party, like where it's actually something I was quite good at as well. I can be like, yeah, yeah so please, uh, please someone like me. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, about, like, yeah, it's a, uh, oh God, like, I'm, you know, I've in this, in, we've only been recording for like 15 minutes, but goodness me, I've unearthed some uh, some skeletons <laughs> from the closet already. But So we're going to be talking about your festival relatively soon, but like, have you been to many festivals? Uh, and I guess you've been to some from work, but have you been to any uh, outside of work? Yeah, so this year will be the first year that I've not been to a music festival since I was about 17. Oh, really? I've so you... got to be in the park all the time. Mm-hmm. Like when the sort of girls in my sort of like friendship group were going on like, the first girls holiday to Magaluf or wherever I was like I don't really want to go I would have happily gone on a girls holiday but I was like I think I'll die if I go to Magaluf like no yeah. you just know that that you're probably not quite ready for that yet um but I was much more into like the festival sort of like that appeal to us more mm-hmm. they all went on like their first girls holiday and me and one of the girls went to like tea in the park instead yeah contrast of them obviously like all being so like beautifully done up for yeah. their out. and me and her just being like literally head to toe in mud and other people's piss and I was like yeah. oh this I think that's the, when I started to realize like oh I think I'm learning who I am and it's not the I don't want to go get dolled up and like get really drunk I want to like be in a field with my mate like that that's my idea of a good summer don't get us wrong I love a good holiday but I would pick a festival over a holiday like any time yeah I went to tea every year and then I got booked for latitude through mm-hmm. comedy and i remember having tea in the park one weekend and the following weekend was latitude and the contrast in those festivals yeah <laughs> oh, it was the first time i'd been to like a sort of middle class yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the first time i'd done anything remotely middle class and i remember just coming <laughs> essentially straight from tea in the park where like i remember going into the portaloo on the first night and the toilet was already so full that someone had just put a carrier bag on top of the portaloo and shat in the carrier bag. <laughs> and that was oh, yeah. night one. And yeah. then you turn up to that. La- this is how you know Latitude's like a middle class festival. You don't see a willy all weekend. <laughs> yeah. All bodies just like wears like tea in the park. It's just like pissing, pissing, pissing. Girls pissing. I love it. Latitude, nobody's pissing outside. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> No, because yeah, tell you what, that that's a sign of a, like a a real festival where you, like obviously yeah. around around the sites is a massive green walls where it's kind of like it's like the barrier of the festival and like yeah. if you don't see at least fifteen people per uh like per minute shitting and pissing against exactly. that wall, that's like you There's know it, like a wall of men pissing and yeah. then one girl with like three friends yes. around her. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, like I, I went to Leeds Festival a lot as a teenager, and like tell you what, uh, like a lot, lot of the girls just like uh, they some some there are there are the people who have the the girlfriends as shield, but someone's like ah oh, fuck it, I'll do it right now. Is yeah, it's that was very much me. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's I was how like, I they can do it. Why can't I? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, I felt like I was being like puppy trained at latitude, being like no, no, don't we outside, Lauren? No, and I was like, well, I'll hold it. <laughs> 
<laughs> but we went to a, a latitude. I think it would be quite cool if he was like an act of defiance, like, yeah, fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I think we should probably head down to, I want to see more of your festival as well. So let's go and set up a camp. Mm-hmm. Hi, it's Matt Hulse here. Just wanted to ask for a small favor. Please give us a five star rating on your podcast app of choice. This helps people notice the podcast a little bit more. And it's really nice to see those lovely reviews. And on top of that, why don't you share it with friends and follow us at Castful Podcast on Twitter. And you can email us at castfulpodcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. Enjoy the rest of the episode. And thank you. Needed a wee late last night And I've got no place to go I took a wrong turn and now I'm here I'm pissed have a name for your festival oh that is a good question see i don't want to call it like lauren fest because that is so i feel like did you ever play theme park on the computer as a kid yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you have to name your theme park and it'd always be like lauren fun time land <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's always something like that called i say i want it to be called something cool but i'm the least cool person in the world <laughs> what i call it something like maybe like beats like you know something to do with music I think that would be like a cool because then it's like not I don't want to exclude anybody whereas I think you know like even Latitude sounds quite sounds nice doesn't it it's a lovely festival I love it Latitude's one of my favorite festivals um but like Rock Ness when that I used to I went to Rock Ness as well I think that might put certain so I'm like I want a name that's quite ambiguous what do I call it? I don't know. I'm going to come back to that one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll put uh, I'll put beats question mark next to it. Yeah. Moment. But I'm going to spell it with a Z just to make it. Yeah. You know to appeal I mean? to Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, the whole festival is on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's entirely virtual as well. And, uh, so, whereabouts geographically would you like your festival? Mm, Say, so I think. The North needs more festivals. Right, yeah, absolutely. And then South, you've got a lot. Like, again, there's Latitude and there's, what is it, Board something? It's down South and um, obviously Reading. Yeah, there's tons of, uh, uh, especially as it's growing on, there's loads of down South, lots in... Yeah, um, London yeah. has a lot as well, doesn't yeah. it? They have like, is it Love Box or something or <laughs> Love Box is totally something different but like uh, yeah. uh, but no yeah uh, they have like um, that fe- they, they do lots of festivals at Hyde Park as well as doing yeah the uh, British summer time yeah um, yeah as what we need I think we need like you know how Benny Casseum is on the beach in Spain yes like a festival on like the court be it on either well, no, I've just said I want it up north but like I feel like a festival on Brighton Beach could be pretty cool oh that'd be lovely actually. um yeah I'd like a sort of beachy kind of coastal festival that might be quite nice well why why don't you because this is a dream festival you're allowed unlimited stipulation so why don't you have it like uh, on like a, a beach in there uh, like in the northeast uh, so it's quite dank and cold and miserable for that weekend only it's like a summertime if you yeah know. It's guaranteed yeah. so <laughs> Like yeah. the rain around the rest of Newcastle and just yeah. a yellow of sunshine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like kind of like as if there was a biblical boy being born as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like uh, down on the gates of unknown fest. Unknown. <laughs> that's what it's called. Uh, 
Uh, that is a unknown fest. Unknown fest. I like it because it's both has that mysterious vibe to it, but yeah. also like it's quite clear that like even to you it's unknown as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, is that a really cool name? Could she just not be bothered? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That's a slogan as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so without revealing the lineup too much, how much would you generally charge per ticket? Mm, I think I would charge say like 25 pounds a day yeah or 60 pounds for a weekend ticket because i think that's the problem with festivals is they make them so expensive Mm -hmm. like i think when i used to go like tea in the park it was like 200 and odd quid for the ticket yeah like i think it priced like my ex had never been to a festival and i was like have you never been to a festival and he's like well like i spent my money on other things at uni and i was like yeah that is really true so i want it to especially if it's going to be in newcastle like the last thing i can do is like price out mm-hmm. the people in the place where yeah, the festival's yeah. gonna. because <laughs> i've genuinely seen that before with uh, new festivals and not in all fairness to new festivals it's uh, i heard that in the first five years you don't really make money anymore but yeah. like um but in the same vein i've seen places being put up in like very deprived areas and being charging it's 200 pound a ticket yeah. it's like these people are like food the banks, official so. sponsor of my festival and who's going to fund it and this is how the tickets are going to be so cheap is jeff bezos yeah um, we're actually really yeah. close personal friends yeah yeah, yeah he yeah. has been a really like i know everyone's been like billionaires are bad but jeff's like no i'm going to prove i'm not a bad billionaire and entirely funds this unknown music festival in the north yeah. of England. <laughs> I mean, we we won't pay our tax. We we we, we will pay for this music festival. Though. Yeah, uh, that's that's Jeff for you. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky old Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, uh, I also I love how like um, you're just on first name terms with Jeff as well. Like, yeah, um, me and Jay. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of Jay Z, you have JB, who's JB. Yeah. <laughs> Is he gonna? Be, I want Jeff Bezos to do a DJ set at your festival as well. Oh my god, yeah! And uh, you know, like how some acts they have like uh, either like fireworks or kind of like confetti. He might just do that with like credit cards and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I need to stop giving you ideas for this festival. So uh, yeah, because um, it's all golden so far. But um, <laughs> so um, we kind of talked about your massive exp- uh, experience with festivals. And uh, but how about camping? Uh, are you gonna have camping yeah. at your festival? So I think there's gonna be camping. But I think the rule for my festival is you have to camp. None mm-hmm. of this, like, oh, not obviously if you're coming for the day, you don't have to camp. Yeah. These people who, like, come for the weekend and then go and stay in a hotel. No. Yeah. Oh, like, no. Nah, yeah. that's not what a festival's about. Right. No glamping either. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. No. Right. No. I still, I get so sad, especially Latitude has some very, like, nice ways of camping there. Mm-hmm. And you'll see them in there, like, pods and, like, lay on a double bed. And I'm just like, get out. Get out right now. No, that's not. If you don't look like you've survived a war by the end of that <laughs> festival, you haven't done it right. Absolutely. Like, it's yeah. like... And the whole thing about camping as well, like uh, the best thing about camping is finding like a barely workable spot as well. Like that's that's the joy of it. Because if you don't if you don't leave the festival with your like your, your spine crippled in five different places, yeah, it's too glamorous as well. Exactly. And, and I've had for this fest uh, for this podcast, and it's, and I love all my guests. Uh, however, some people have been like, mm, I'm not, not not a big fan of camping, and I always have to be quite polite about it. But yeah, I want I want to say on the record right now, like, uh, yeah. like uh, it has to be real camping. You know what exactly. I mean? 
that's a real festival. Like for me, if you don't want to camp, you pick one day and you yeah. go for one day. None of us come in looking all fresh on day three when the true festival people look like they've been to a festival for three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the war motif is very, very apt as well. Because I've seen, like, because in my head as a teenager, I've always thought, oh, festivals, you know, and I was a very awkward uh, and very uh, uh, sexually unaware teenager. But I was very <laughs> much like, uh, oh, I could make out with a lady. But like, uh, uh, like on the Sunday of a festival, everyone's stinking. It's not oh, sexy okay. whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So gross. I've been to, with my best friend, we've been to two different festivals. We went to Tea in the Park when we were at uni and I took her to Latitude a couple of years ago on my like sort of guest ticket. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you can only share a tent with a true, true friend at a festival because otherwise you'd just be like, you are the grossest little goblin I have ever met in my life. (laughs) But like, it's a true friend that you can sleep in that close proximity with for three nights. Mm-hmm. literally know what they smell like and just be like i still love you I and love you and like so, uh, like still having that friendship after trying to put on your like your trousers in the tent whilst bending over as well i know yeah as well. <laughs> oh it's all good yeah. but we could tell how much we'd grown up from like when we went to tea in the park i think that was his first festival should be new and we were just like yeah how much alcohol can we carry how much alcohol can we sneak in uh, when we went to latitude we went 27 teams when we went so we would have been what 23 so a bit more older a bit more grown up i remember texting her on the way down and i was like i've made sure i pack my bag nicely so the brioche are on top so we don't squash them and i was like what has happened to us <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Before, we were like literally just had alcohol in our bags and this year we were like mm, how many snacks can we take <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's an important evolution there i think exactly because yeah. I, I remember going to glastonbury with my my brother and we were like as similar to you we we're like oh, yeah, yeah we went to tasca's beforehand we bought an ungodly amount of booze as well and like it's so much so i think back now it's like really grim but the last time i went to a festival it's like oh make sure i pack in comfortable socks you know what I mean? yeah because <laughs> like, it's gonna be a rough weekend so oh definitely yeah but i quite like as much as i love camping i think the most stressful thing is finding a camping spot. Like, yes. And I always remember there was one year at Tea in the Park where like, we sort of looked at the little, no, they have like the blue zone or the pink zone or whatever. And we picked the zone we wanted to sort of be in. And like, we're walking through all the other zones and we were like, well, if we see a spot, we'll jump in it and we couldn't see. And I think this was the year that Tea in the Park moved from the site it had been at for years to like the new site. I think it might have been that year. So we're walking through all the other like spaces and we're like, oh God, like it's looking really full. And then we got to like the zone that we wanted to camp in and just couldn't find a space. I like, could not find a space. And we were like, but hang on, we've walked through like every other zone and not see. And I think we walked for about four hours round and round. Because oh as God. well, it was one of these where they're like, only these zones are open on the Thursday night. And then I think they even realised oh, we fucked this up somehow. So people were like tweeting the festival and stuff and writing on Facebook being like, we cannot find anywhere to camp. And then they were like, okay, we've opened the first segment of blue zone because we yeah. know that's busy and then you would just see this surge of people and it was so stressful that i think you know when you go to a restaurant and they have like the map of and they mark off which tables are full yeah I think it should be a little bit more organized like that so you turn up to like the zone that you want to camp in mm-hmm. and there's someone waiting there's like an official entrance and someone's waiting there and there's like yep there's space yeah. so you can i would like a little bit more yeah. organization because there's nothing worse than when you've travelled for ages to get somewhere and then you're just walking around with your big heavy bag like, can't find anywhere. Yeah. Cannot find anywhere. 
yeah, like a, a reservation system is really cool as well. And um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to include this because, um, uh, but I, I just this weekend I was actually at Deer Shed Festival uh, in oh, yeah. uh, in Thursk, and uh, obviously in the time of Corona, they're doing a socially distance festival, and they had uh, basically the way it worked was that uh, everyone was on a 15 by 15 meter grid, and that was your uh-huh. allocated slot, and it worked so good because like there was no none of that stress and panic. That like, that was your space, and that, that yeah. was it. And also it meant that if you if you were one of these dicks who were like, oh yeah, I brought a mansion tent where I, only me and my oh, butler are going to people, yeah. yeah. Those people use up all that, um, use up all that space as well. But uh, it means that you can only have that limited, you can get a caravan on there if you wanted to as well. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but it was like, I liked that as well because it just means that was your little spot for the festival and it's nice and spacious and I really appreciate exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And also, um, again, uh, they also had uh, designated portaloos for, for the, the virus as well. Like, not for yeah. The virus. And that, that was a golden touch as well because like, yeah, individual, well not individual, but uh, a portaloo per, per um, party as well. That was oh, golden touch. It's a dream. Yeah. I think that's the one thing. It was only when I started doing Latitude. So I was staying in obviously like the artists camping mm-hmm. and they had showers, which yeah. fair enough by day two were freezing, but still they had a shower. Whereas like when I was at tea in the park, you had to like pay to use, I think it was called the refresh zone or something. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So we never paid for it because it was say like, I can't remember, but it was like on top of your ticket, say even an extra 30 quid. And when mm-hmm. you're that young, you're like, well, I could spend that on booze. Yeah, we never did it, but it was only at latitude when I had the option to have a shower. I was like, "Oh, this is quite nice." Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I wouldn't charge extra to have a shower. I would just have showers available. I yes, think. but not like showers. Mm-hmm. Little stick in the ground with a hose. Yeah. Still, <laughs> still festival in. <laughs> yeah, like you should have refreshments available for free but also you know the limited because like you know you don't want to you don't want a full wash you know what i mean you exactly. need to keep it authentic you basically just want to rinse the shame of the night before off ready to start again that's what you want that's brilliant well <laughs> tell you what like i'm genuinely like a unknown fest is uh already looking quite uh, illuminating and brilliant to me so yeah. let's, let's head through the gates of your festival and see who's playing castable are you ready here we go! Do you have a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday approach to your festival? Is it three days? Yeah. yeah, and I feel like my festival wouldn't start. So, like, the gates would open on the Friday, but I wouldn't start the music until maybe, like, five o'clock-ish. Okay, it's yeah. Everyone chance to, like, get in, get camped, get... Because there's nothing worse. We had this one year at Latitude. I think it might be the last time I went, which was 2018, where usually I would go down on the Thursday night so I can wake up on the Friday ready to be there. But I was going out with someone who had a proper job, selfish, <laughs> um, and he wouldn't just drop everything to do what I wanted, which again, <laughs> selfish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he couldn't drive down on the Thursday night because he was at work. He was like, well, I've taken the Friday and the Monday off. I can't take the Thursday as well. And I was like, why? And he's yeah. like, because I have a real job, Lauren. <laughs> we drove down like Friday sort of. But as well, we were driving from London 
which wasn't as bad as like I've commuted to Latitude from Newcastle before and that's a hell of a trek so it didn't actually take it was only a couple of hours say we got there like mid Friday afternoon maybe like two o'clock ish but by the time you've got in got your wristband like found a space got camped I think by this point it was say like pushing five o'clock and you know things are already like starting yeah like because I think this and stuff on it latitude on the Friday like starts from midday because I remember the first year I did it I was like the first comedy act on the comedy stage at like 11 in the morning or something so I'm kind of getting stressed because I I was like well I want to do stuff and I want to go explore and if normally I would already be like drunk watching a band by this point but I've literally only just put my tent up so I'm like nah none of that I wouldn't start the music and everything until maybe even later maybe you've got like just sort of background stuff on yeah like four o'clock but there's no sort of band that night till like seven because I think everyone's going to be there by yeah that's a good time and and also, as you say, like I think, uh, especially if you're opening doors on that Friday, and there's nothing worse than stress putting up that that tent as well. Yeah. So if you have that, just a little bit easier time just to kind of get there. It makes it a bit more smoother and uh, exactly. a bit more, far more relaxing of an experience as well. Definitely. And, yeah, and also I kind of I think there's a strength to kind of just putting. You know, and also you can put like other stuff on, like this, like uh, what I like about Glastonbury is that. Um, but there's like other art stuff going on. So you can just check out the, the camp, uh, the festival itself, all the other stuff at the festival is really interesting. So would you have any of that kind of additional stuff? Like what kind of uh, auxiliary festival stuff would you have? Mm, that's a good, I think I would have like a sleep, like a film tent. Yes. You yes. Know, like really like bad. And you're like, I just want to sit and chill. And there'd be little like blankies and little pillows so it would be like a proper like den tent. Yeah. Like if you were like really like, oh, I just need a few minutes, you could go get a little blankie, have a sit down, watch a bit of a film and then be like, right, okay, I'm recovered now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So That's I'd have brilliant. that. I'd have a little a little chill out tent. What else would I have? One year when I was at Latitude, Louis Theroux was doing a talk. Really? Yeah. And we couldn't get in because it was like, obviously everybody wanted to see it. I think I'd have a tent like that where there's like cool people doing talks. Yeah. Like stuff. But they have to be like actual like maybe actually not just the tent where Louis Theroux is doing talks all day. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna have. Yeah. I realised as I was saying it there, I was like, I don't want to see other people talk, I just want Louis Theroux. The Louis Theroux, Louis Theroux stage. And obviously there'll be so many people who want to see Louis Theroux. Do you reckon like we are camping system, there has to be a reservation system. So okay, you've got one ticket to see Louis Theroux? Yeah. Yeah, or be like, mm, you've already seen a Louis talk today. Stop being greedy. No, let <laughs> this Louis. lady in. Yeah. yeah. But it wouldn't be like Louis Theroux, you know, like in these documentaries, he does like really big topics like, you know, prostitution and death row and all that. It wouldn't be that. It would be like Louis Theroux's opinion on brunch. It would be like proper, <laughs> the most trivial things. Yeah. But that and is absolutely what I want. Yeah, you can, he just, uh, and is it is it like a planned talk or is he just kind of riffing it? He's like, yeah, how's it going, Gladys? Lovely to see you again. Okay, yeah, that's it's yeah, different. it's sort of like a tombola. You know, you'll just pick a topic <laughs> up yes. and be like, okay, so for the next hour, I'm giving my opinion on which superpower I'd have. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be so into that. I right. love that. And what I love is he does each topic for an hour as well. Oh, and, yeah. Because uh, that's like at tops a five, 10 minute conversation. And like if he's oh, rich, yeah. He an Edinburgh show from Louis. <laughs> for every hour for the whole festival. For the as whole well. 
he's allowed a little wee break, but he's going to be there for the long haul. <laughs> it seems like at the end of it, he'll be so tired, like, oh, I must stop talking. Like, no, no, <laughs> one more hour to go. That's in contract. <laughs> I'll be a popular tent. It will, you know what? Like, I think that's a, a brilliant idea. Um, yeah. So, who is the first act on your Friday night lineup? Okay. So, is this, is this my headliner or is this just like my lower down? The first act, which is opening up the festival. The okay. See, I have decided for my festival, you know how like normally the stages are like the Radio One stage, mm-hmm. the like, I'm not splitting them by like arbitrary stages. My stages are going to be based on mood. Yes. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. what I'm going to have. So I'd have like the depression stage. <laughs> and that would be like Ed Sheeran's headliner. Like, you know what I mean? With Tom so York singing. Yeah. You can like plan your festival based on, you know, when it'll always get a bad stage in the festival where you're like, like, I need to see something upbeat. You're like, mm. oh, well, I'm going to go to the like happy stage. Yeah. That's who, like, how I'm going to split my stages. There's a main stage where yeah. like your big acts are on, but all the smaller stages are based by mood so you've that's got the excited stage you've got the angry stage so that's where like um all your like rock and metal acts they can yeah the angry get, get ramstein on yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then you've got like the like on that excited stage that would be like the dance act so it's like you want a happy stage would be like pop k-pop and musical theater yeah so that covers all that and then yeah you've got like your sad slash depressy stage which would be like your Mumford and Sons, yeah, your, like um, Radiohead, yeah, your your peak perfect festival bands that are cool to like sit and have a pint to, but you can't dance to them, you can't, yeah, you just need to need to Adele, Adele's gonna be on that stage. Just imagine like imagine the crushing blow, like if you were both like, yeah, we're gonna do this festival, it's our first festival, you know, we're quite an upbeat band, and you get butt for the depressed stage. So oh, I thought <laughs> I thought we were upbeat. Oh God, no, I have an identity crisis. Yeah. <laughs> You get so sad that you, yeah, yeah, you have to stay there for the rest of the weekend. Um, but, but I think that's that's almost cinematic, isn't it? Because like, because you're like, imagine, because that that would be like the soundtrack to your festival, wouldn't it? Because if you're like, yeah. yeah, hanging out with my friends, happy stage. Oh no, they left me, sad stage. We're yeah. all met up together. Let's go over there. Yeah. I need a snack, but I don't have any money left. Angry stage. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, brilliant. Okay, so I like all the different movie stages. They're brilliant. And no one's actually, uh, that, that's a really novel idea. I really like yeah. that. Um, that. That could genuinely work at a festival as well. I think but it could. For your main stage, then, uh, talk me through the Friday. So on the Friday, I feel like, I feel like I look at festivals like they're a little roller coaster. I'm like, you start mm-hmm. high, you're mm-hmm. like, you want someone really buzzing for the first night because everyone's excited. And then, like, maybe you dip back down on the Saturday. Like, so you want someone cool, mm-hmm. but not as exciting as, like, the Friday night. Yeah. And then the Sunday, I think, is usually when you're knackered. So you want someone a bit more chill. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to... And as well, that means if people want to leave early on the Sunday, they're like, oh, that's all right then. I'm like mm-hmm. that. So on the um, Friday, my headliner is going to be the band who have got me through lockdown. And mm-hmm. it is Iceland's Eurovision entry. Yeah. Yes. Oh. And they are only going to be playing their Eurovision song. Yes, absolutely. That's all they're playing. They're not going to, none of these, like, here's our back catalogue. No, they're just playing their Eurovision entry on a loop. 
Okay, then that's a really important distinction there. So uh, let's, uh, firstly, a bit of background. So I, I can't pronounce the name of it, and I've only literally gotten it off YouTube, but it's Daddy Og Gaganam Magneo, I think it was. <laughs> but that, is, that was such a, uh, like a, a very British interpretation. Daddy, oh, yeah, um, yeah, very stifled there. And they do the song Think About Things, which, uh, I, to be honest, I'm not a massive Eurovision fan. I'm, it's not, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't disparage it. I, I, um, I don't mind it, but I don't really uh, go my way to listen to it. However, I looked at this video this morning and oh my god, my mind was blown more. Like it was so good. Like I really like I, I it's gonna because like can you talk us through the video because it was so vivid and so uh enchanting, wasn't it? So I feel like because I love Eurovision, I like unironically love Eurovision. <laughs> but what I like about their entry is it's not taking itself too seriously. And even in the video, so they've all got like jumpers on with like kind of cartoon like eight bit versions yeah eight bit versions of their heads and it's basically like they're doing sort of a talent show for their family (laughs) (laughs) but it's like this sort of really like cheesy like dance that you'd see like your dad doing at a wedding almost and they're just so like straight faced Mm -hmm. there's a wind machine there's a confetti cannon like oh it is it's it's but as well do you know that he wrote the song about his um unborn child so that's why it's like i can't wait to know what do you think about things like oh really yeah like when you listen to it again though and that's like oh that's really sweet Mm -hmm. so i think there's a line in it it's like um how even though i haven't met you yet we are bound together now and forever and i'm like oh that's so sweet that's yeah that's really lovely yeah i see that's a that's a level of uh depth I didn't quite get to but now oh, when you've listened to it 95 times you'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah to be honest I looked at the YouTube video and there's one person who's like there's one person who talked to all of uh, the view account but uh yeah um, <laughs> but yeah they, they're quite they, they have that deadpan quality as well because they are like kind of like they're kind of having that like they're saying the words but then also their body is kind of being quite silly and loose and then yeah and then they have that big drop where, because they have like a uh, keyboards, uh, key yeah. cars, uh, but then they kind of go into like a, a, a like a like a trombone se- like a um, a brass band section. It's, it's really it's got everything, yeah. absolutely everything. And because I feel like it's become such like a cult thing. I think that if they like headline the first night of a festival, everybody would go because yeah. it would be one of those ones you could be like, oh, guess who I saw? Like, mm-hmm. and it would be everyone would be dancing. There would be mm-hmm. a choreographed routine. But this is my stipulation. They are allowed to do other songs, but only if they are other Eurovision songs. Oh my God. That's the rule. <laughs> I want to see Iceland's Eurovision entry doing Making Your Mind Up yeah. with the Bucks Fizz skirts. Imagine them being like that deadpan. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so, because I was going to say, you said they were only allowed to play Think About Things, none of their yeah. back catalogue, and you said on repeat as well. And I think that would be a really good song but imagine seeing it 20 times in a row just like okay guys well yeah like, this next song is called think about <laughs> i like, would love that i would be so buzzing that would be like my ideal groundhog day yeah like, just listen to that on a loop that is my right that's been my lockdown to be honest <laughs> <laughs> so um you kind of mentioned why you loved it but um obviously the song came out during lockdown it came out in may and uh, so what about it what about, what about the qualities of the song helped you through lockdown? It's just so, you can't be sad listening to it. You mm-hmm. can't, there's a dance, anything that's got a dance to it, I'm absolutely sold. 
Mm-hmm. I yeah. love it. I re- and I like, I, I think Iceland is such a cool little country. And I'm just like, go on, Iceland. Put yourself yeah. on the map with, they were robbed of, like, I think that it's the saddest thing to come out of this year is that they couldn't get to win Eurovision. Yeah. I would have loved that. Little Iceland's taken on the world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is why um, I'm going to give them their moment by allowing them to headline my festival. Absolutely. And also do that song on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> but they're also kind of doing an homage to Eurovision as well. So they're doing yeah. like, the, like the best of. Because I, I think if you're doing best of Eurovision as that band, I think that would be genuinely quite a sick, de- like that's a sick set as well. Like, yeah. Like, and that's something you won't forget very easily. absolutely so do you have any other bands on for your friday i feel like they would have to fit in that kind of genre i think like you know it would have to be proper like perky from from our main stage we're we're going upbeat all the way Mm -hmm. i have iceland eurovision entry i think i would have a dj okay yeah start start strong i've seen carvin harris at a lot of festivals and he's really good Mm-hmm. really good and I think as well like he's one of those you forget how many bangers he's got yeah absolutely and you're a and bit if, and I think even if you don't like that kind of music people are like oh, Calvin Harris but then they're like oh I like this one. Oh, I didn't know this was him so I'm like yeah he's a good one yeah and as, as you mentioned I think he's a really good festival act for that reason because like I think yeah because I probably wouldn't go and see him uh at a, a live show by himself but I definitely at a festival you're gonna have a great time there right absolutely who else yeah. would I have on my front? Because I want as well at my festival to have secret sex. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah. That do do that, and I think that's quite cool. So the last time I went, it was Liam Gallagher doing a secret sex. <sighs> that's brilliant, yeah. But I was watching my wonderful friends, Harry and Chris, who are great, great comics. Mm-hmm. I was watching them, and I just happened to look at my phone, and I saw someone had tweeted, Liam Gallagher's doing the secret sex right now on whatever mm-hmm. stage. So I nudged um, my ex who I was with, and I was like, Liam Gallagher's playing. And like, we were obviously, I love Harry and Chris, they're my friends and they're very, very funny, but we were also like, we really want to see Liam Gallagher. So we had to do that awkward thing of like, slowly standing up. (laughs) Especially because in like, in like festival uh, comedy tents, like it's usually quite a big round room, especially, uh, and you have to kind of stand up and like, you have to shuffle out. And this would have been like four o'clock in the afternoon or something. So it's very daylight. Yeah. Um, I was very, I was honest and I messaged them later and I was like, in case you think I was just, because they had say like 10 minutes left or whatever. Yeah. But we knew that Liam Gallagher wasn't going to be on for long and had already maybe been on for like 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I messaged them and I was like, I'm so sorry, like, we weren't, like, leaving because we were bored. It's just Liam Gallagher got announced and they were like, yeah. oh, we would have left if we knew Liam Gallagher. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. And that's a good friendship there because if, you, if you're happy to, uh, you know, accept and be honest about Liam Gallagher, there has to be, like, a Liam Gallagher cause in every friendship. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Like, yeah. I think I'll, but I wouldn't have, like, I think I'd have a secret set on every day. Okay. And who would you have for these people? I think set. my secret set on Friday would be Lewis Capaldi. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Because yeah. I get that maybe his music isn't as upbeat, but I think in terms of how he is with the crowd, uh-huh. I think that would start everybody off on a high. Absolutely. I think it's like a secret set from Lewis Capaldi, but I think in peak Lewis Capaldi for me, secret set would be like people would be queuing for the kebab van and then yeah. the lights just go down and Lewis is doing his set like from the roof of the kebab van. Yeah. <laughs> he's not on a stage. He's on the. Oh, can I make a point about food at, a fest- at my festival? Absolutely. Yes, yes, Big yes. Big fan of festival foods. Yes. Festival scrum. But the rule at my festival 
is you are only allowed to have a food stall there and to sell food from that barn if the cutlery you provide is adequate to be able to eat that meal. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. my rule. Because the amount of times I'll walk past a food van and I'm like, that looks incredible. I really want that. But mm-hmm. then like they're giving you like a plastic stick to eat it with. I'm like, yeah. well, you, can't, you can't eat that with that. And then there's not <laughs> more sad than being like, well, I can't eat that because I need proper cutlery and I'm in a hospital. So you're not allowed to sell anything that cannot be eaten without like wooden I want wooden cutlery not plastic because of that yeah. like, <laughs> last time I went to a festival they were they had like bamboo um bam, yeah. like bamboo so it's quite a lot thicker than normal cutlery but like it's able it's disposable it's environmentally friendly as well yeah. as like uh, being able for the job because I remember um I'm I'm vegan uh, when I went to a festival when I was younger I remember going getting like a hog roast in a Yorkshire pudding yeah. and trying to eat it with like like a, like basically like a one of those really flimsy uh and you have to eat it with your hands like a grotesque boy exactly i'm like right you're not allowed if you do want to serve anything a little bit fancier you have to provide a city down table and that's the rule none of this disappointment of handing is something that i can't eat no Um, Imagine how funny it'd be if you like, if you have like like a food vendor like a little uh, food van and then outside of it you have a little court with like tables on it like sorry are, are you would you like a table for two yes yeah, yeah. Like, it'd be quite quite epic, quite lovely I'd like that yeah. very on board yeah uh, and also like would I wish people would talk more about food in their castles as well because like uh, yeah food is such a it's such a I know it sounds dumb, but like it's such a big part of the festival as well. Because like yeah, you, you get like six meals over the festival, and they all mean like they, yeah, they're all pretty cool. I um, love food. I think it might have been the year I went with my friends to Latitude. We like planned our days around when we were going to eat and yeah. what we were going to eat. Like, because mm. I think that's the thing as well. Like, there's nothing worse than when you're young at a festival and you're like, well, I'm not going to eat, and then I'll get drunk quicker. And <sighs> yeah, you yeah. do, but then like you just write off your night, like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we I went one year with one girl who got like sunstroke really early on as well oh, and so boy. like she missed like the whole festival because she'd got like sunstroke on day one mm-hmm. um, so I'm like no gotta have good food at a festival and that's a really good point you make though because uh, I remember going to like, like festivals like download and I would sit at the front all day because I would love the bands like there was yeah. a Saturday in 2010 which on the Saturday I was there at 11 o'clock in the morning and uh, uh-huh. I was at the front and not leaving for a pee until about seven o'clock at night, and I was just dead at the end of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and it was a heavy metal festival as well, so it was a pretty brutal day. Like, uh, <laughs> like at one point, I had about uh, like a thousand people just crowd surfing over the top, and that genuinely isn't an exaggeration. They had to stop yeah. the festival because so many people were going over. So oh, yeah. So uh, yeah, imagine being and like, just getting like boots in the back of my head anyway. But, oh um, God, yeah. Yeah, it's, but good day um but yeah i uh, but now because uh, we're older i think we'll definitely be a bit like yeah that's like I, and also it's such a it's a nice time to chill as well you can go and watch a band which you're not you can just chill out and watch it as well you don't need to like uh, be engaged um, so you have calvin harris on you have the uh, the iceland eurovision uh, entry and uh, so yeah. louis capaldi as well who's oh, on top of <laughs> i like it because it sounds like he's not even booked there he just climbed on top he's like hey i've got my mark at all I'll do a song for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, brilliant. Do you have any more acts for your Friday? Or would you like to move on to your Saturday? Have on. We've got a good secret set. We've got a good DJ. I feel like we're in quite an upbeat mood on the Friday. 
definitely would I have anyone I think maybe I would have like a back-to-back set of all those like peak early noughties indie bands but just yeah. doing the hanger so like Fratelli's doing Chelsea Dagger and then mm-hmm. they come off and then it's Tudor Cinema Club doing what you know mm-hmm. like all the bands just do one they're gonna get paid like 20 quid to do this because I'm like <laughs> they're just doing one song fuck off yeah it would be like <laughs> it would be like an hour set of sort of how old would I be there maybe like 2005 to 2012 mm-hmm. like indie yeah they're banger so like the killers do Mr. Brightside at the end as well as a treat yeah imagine imagine bringing the killers just to do one song like <laughs> imagine they're called to their agents like hi can we book uh can we book the killers to do one song it's 20 quid in it for you mate uh, uh, no, yeah. no, no travel costs included uh, no travel costs but you will get to see Lewis Carly uh, and Pop the Kebab Van <laughs> also my close personal friend Jeff Bezos will give you Amazon Prime for a year <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, that, that's going to seal a deal with Brandon Flowers. That's going to get Brandon in. Brandon, he is a fiscal man, so he'll take yeah. some free prime. He's like, oh, I have been wanting to watch Mr. Robot. <laughs> I, I've heard Little Fires Everywhere. It's very good, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think that would be great. Because as well, like, sometimes when you see a band at a festival, you might not know a lot of their songs. So, like, when the bangers come on, you're like, yeah. And then you're like, oh, I don't really know these ones. So mm-hmm. That would be such a good way of, like, keeping everybody interested because they're just... The Cooks would do um, Naive. I think yeah. that's probably their biggest banger. So it's like an hour of who else is like that peak? I've just yeah. been on about all this. Oh, Pigeon Detectives, movie. something like that. Wombats. Yes, oh yeah. my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Director. That, that would be a great hour. Like, and such a good hour. Because that would be such, that, that would that'd be up for grabs for the best hour of the of the festivals well, yeah. that would that'd be such a strong one because you'd be like because it's not only bands that you love but it's their best song hit after hit after yeah. hit and then like you're getting like such a massive you're condensing like about a whole day's worth of content into like an hour as well like, exactly uh, so, that would be a, good they would be on before Iceland's Eurovision entry because everyone's going to be so hyped up and then they're like now we've got a song with a dance routine <laughs> yeah woo. and you're going to hear it 18 times go on exactly yeah. and that'll probably fill my Friday and so I'm not starting until 7 yeah yeah we've got Calvin Harris kicking off so he does like 7 till 8 mm-hmm. and then there's like a little lull and then everyone hears Capaldi on the kebab van and then we've got our indie stuff and then we've got Iceland Eurovision entry. Real. Okay, I think it's time to move on to the Saturday as well. And um, are you going to have a lot of like partying at your festival? Is it going to be like big nightlife kind of vibes? Yes, I'm a big fan of like the stuff that happens after the music finishes as well. So I love Hot Dog Time Machine. I think that is my favourite thing in the world. That's the Australian guy. Um, and he does this night where like he'll start with like 1950 he plays a song from every yeah. year so you kind of travel in time from like the 50s up to like the present day it's a really good night out I'd, I'd want like something like that or like Matioki mm-hmm. I've been to yes. at festivals like you want something that's just fun like everyone's drunk having a good time that goes on after brilliant but if you don't want a party there's mm-hmm. a quiet zone where you can just go and sit and yeah. talk about your feelings and have a sleep. 
they kind of like <laughs> kind of like the quiet carriage on the train. There's a quiet yeah. zone. Just be quiet. And I bet there's some people going like, "Hey, Derek, Derek, uh, uh, is it over here?" And everyone's like, "Shh, be very quiet." It's a quiet zone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, well, brilliant stuff. Well, let's let's crack on with your Saturday as well, because um, I'm sure you got a lot more treats to uncover yeah. as well. So my do... Saturday is going to be full, like throwback. Yeah. Um, so my headliner for the Saturday is the Spice Girls. Oh my god! Hello. Nothing better at a festival than there being like maybe a band who are about to have a comeback. Or so I think one year I was at Queen the Park and it was like Stone Roses. Yeah. It wasn't really my thing at the time, but I understood for a lot of people they were like, oh my god, like Stone Roses. They were just starting to reform or whatever. So I think people love like seeing someone at a festival who hasn't performed together in a while or who mm-hmm. doesn't perform together much anymore. Spice Girls is my headliner. I'll come back to them. Yeah. My secret set that day is yeah. Queen with Freddie Mercury doing the Band Aid set. Yeah. Oh my god. I was god. gonna get Freddie Mercury, but uh, it's not a hologram. It is the Freddie Mercury. He's not dead. He's not dead in my festival. <laughs> oh my god! Like, oh, hold, because I'm a massive uh, Queen fan as well. So to get to get that that Live Aid set is like the most magnificent. We've like, somehow like mastered time travel at this festival and as well. It's not just Queen, it's like Queen from 1980, whatever it was, yeah. um, doing that 20 minute band aid set to like, and where are they going to do it? They've got to do it somewhere really cool. On a kebab van? <laughs> 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 Budget, Brian, come on, get in. They're just on top of the van. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the most Freddie Mercury place to do like a set. It would it be so Cool. Probably would have his own stage, yeah. Freddie. Like, Just floating in the middle of the sea because I'm on the beach, aren't I? I forgot yeah. <sighs> like, oh, so picture this: you're sitting like you're like, why is there just a weird twenty minute gap in the scheduling? And then suddenly this boat with like a rainbow flag and yeah. a crown on it starts to just like come through the water, and everyone's like, oh my god, who's on the boat? And then you just see Queen on the boat, yeah. and they did, and then everyone would be able to see it as well if they're on a boat. Mm-hmm. Like you could see it from all the way around. That's pretty cool. And they're gonna do their secret set on the boat, uh-huh. and then they're just gonna turn and sail away. And everyone will be like, "Am I on acid? Was that a fever dream? No, <laughs> it was Queen at uh, Unknown Fest." And they are, and that would fit with the theme very nicely with Unknown Fest. It's like exactly, oh, is, is that real? Uh, oh, like, and also, I like it because there's a sense of mystery there because they're with the boat, like. It depends how far they come in to see, really. But yeah. it's quite funny if they're quite far out. It's like I think that's Freddie Mercury doing the live aid tip. I'm not sure. I'm not. I can't confirm it or not. Me and my friend had this one year at Tea in the Park where I think it was Calvin Harris we were watching. He was like headlining the Saturday night or something, and then you're like drunk and having a good time. And I think maybe it was like a little bit rainy as well, but like that nice rain where you're like cooling down. Yeah. And then like this guy came on stage with Calvin Harris, and me and her were like that. That looks like Will Smith. And we were like, why the fuck would Will Smith be at thing? That's not Will. It could be. And then suddenly Calvin goes, ladies and gentlemen, Will Smith. And they did switch. Oh my God. That's <laughs> and amazing. And just looked at each other and we were like, it is Will Smith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. And he literally did switch and then left. And it <laughs> that, that, that's it. Yeah. He just stayed on for switch. Uh, I think it was like when we got home, like a couple of days later, we even looked up on like Instagram or whatever and we were like, did that really happen? And sure enough, there was a picture of them there. Yeah. But yeah, I love their moments where you're like, did that, did that happen? So yeah, Queen on a boat doing their live aid set. 
It's a oh, I, I, that would be a dream come true for me as well. And and okay. also for a secret set, that's a massive secret to uh to Isn't keep it? as well. Yeah, I, I love that a lot. That um, Imagine missing that if you're having a piss. Oh my god! I, I know this is a hypothetical festival, and that was a hypothetical <laughs> situation in this hypothetical situation. But like, I genuinely got so stressed out when you said that as well. Where I was like, oh god, <laughs> no, I can't miss that. Um, okay, so we we have Queen. Let, let's talk about the Spice Girls, your headliner as well, because yeah. I think uh, like who doesn't know the Spice Girls? They're absolutely like just like the quintessential kind of uh, girl band in like the nineties era, but uh, they they the legends as well, and. Yeah. Um, I went to see them last year at the Stadium of Light oh, and I yeah. flew back from Australia early so I could see them. So I'd, I'd booked like the tickets to see them, me and my sister and then I got booked to go like do the festivals in Australia and that was the last thing I was doing so I think I flew out in like April and I was due back mid-June mm-hmm. but then the Spice Girls was the week before that and I was mm-hmm. thinking so the, the last thing I was doing was meant to be this like three-week roadshow around rural Australia and I was like but if I say I can only do two weeks of it, am I going to lose the whole booking? You know what I mean? I'm like, mm. are they going to willingly let me do two of the three weeks and have someone else do the last week? Or is this going to, because I felt really torn. I was like, I don't want to lose the whole thing. But also, I don't know when I'll get to see Spice Girls again. Yeah. I really tentatively was like, would it be possible for me to just do two weeks of the road show and not three? And they were like, well, why is that? I went, I'm going to see Spice Girls. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. brilliant yeah, yeah 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 i think i flew back on like say like the 4th of june and then the spice girls was like three days later or something <sighs> i have nice. never been at a concert that was so heavily gender skewed really yeah it was 95 percent women and uh-huh. then i'm gonna say maybe like four percent men who i don't i don't want to assume but looked like they were like gay men because mm-hmm. they were having like a great time once and i'd say it was one percent straight men who yeah. were either like husbands or begrudgingly dragged along yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. predominantly women like it was just women as far as the eye could see um but what i loved about that was watching it was lovely to watch the gay men enjoy themselves i'm a big ally i love it but um watching straight men just enjoy themselves the spice girls i was like yeah put that toxic masculinity at one side absolutely you enjoy this why wouldn't you enjoy the Spice Girls? Yeah. And it really, because obviously Spice Girls were all about like girl power as well. Mm-hmm. And it was the most empowering two hours of my life to just be surrounded by drunk Geordie women. Yeah. All belting out the Spice Girls. <laughs> and I remember we got the Met Roll back. Um, and my sister, like, they were almost finished their last song. And my sister was like, it is going to be a nightmare getting back from Sunderland to New because the Met Rolls are going to be round. She was like, so just before the last song finishes, we're going to run. And I was like, I don't want to run. And she was like, we're going to run. So we could tell the song was about to finish. And she was like, now, nah, go, yeah. go. Me and her, like, running from the stadium and, like, to the Metro. We made the first Metro that was, like, leaving the first batch of people. And we're so pleased we did because as the Metro pulled out the station, you could just, it's like something out like of The Walking Dead, just these hordes of women just approaching the Metro station. Um, and, like, people were apparently waiting hours to, like, get on the Metro home. But on the way back, it's what? How long from Sutherland, Newcastle on the Metro? Like, half an hour, 40 minutes? Uh-huh. People just sang the whole way back. Oh, people my God. Singing. It was the best. Like, we, as we got into town, like, regular people who hadn't been to the Spice Girls were getting on the Metro, and we're like, what the fuck is yeah. this? <laughs> like, That's it was br- incredible. But, like, camaraderie and atmosphere, like, it was the best thing. 
that's actually something that no one's actually picked up before, but it's always a massive and a very special moment after a show. Uh, and not just, uh, yeah, it's but it more after like, a live show, which everyone's gone to see together when you're walking out with people all around you yeah. and that, that those songs are still going on as well. And it's so, and actually, um, uh, I've seen it at festivals as well when everyone's kind of walking back and like on the tunnel back, uh, yeah. and it's yeah. like, and like, there's kind of like a echoes of like sing songs kind of going back and forth, and it's really, Absolutely. yeah, I, I, I love it so much as well. It's it's, and especially like they just for it to be like that men, like you, you could hardly see any men at all. Not mm-hmm. that I don't want men to come to my festival, but I've, I've never been at an event that has been so. I don't go I can imagine that's what maybe going to football is like for like a bloke you know being yeah. surrounded by like-minded men like I'm not saying women don't go to football before anyone gets but you know what point I'm making yeah. <laughs> like probably largely skewed in one way and that was like the first time as like a woman I'd had that of being just like oh my god there's, there's literally a football stadium of people mm-hmm. all of women there's some fabulous gaming dancing away there's some brilliant straight blokes who are just putting aside that Alphanis for one night and I was like this is so good this yeah. is amazing I've never been prouder to be a woman than when I was at the Spice Girls <laughs> did I buy merch yes yeah. I bought merch <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah and that's that's really lovely and it's nice to, to hear how much they mean to you as well like uh, yeah. um, oh my but, god they fan mama you know the song mama. mama I don't I love you but obviously now they are all mamas Oh, yeah. That song was obviously about their mams, but I think some of them had their daughters with them or their children with them. So mm-hmm. they brought them up on like stage. So they, and, me, and my sister's now a mam. Yeah. So really like what beautiful but weird moment where like the Spice Girls are singing this song, which now has like a totally different, because a lot of like the women in the crowd wouldn't have been mams when that song came out, but now yeah. they're like at the Spice Girls with their daughters. And I was like, I'm going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> Oh bless! That's, that's again. I, I like it how an evolution of the song can have that effect as well. Yeah. So it's not just that, that duality as well, uh, and uh, that also means that reunion two is uh, special for that other reason as well. Like you, yeah. you are able to have that um, dual purpose as well. Like, and I, I like forgot that. a stipulation as well. Yeah, At this special headline performance of the Spice Girls, Posh Spice is there. Yeah, wasn't on the tour. She did not come because she's Victoria Beckham. She doesn't need the money. But she is. But I think maybe we don't advertise that she's going to be there. Yeah. The advertiser is like the Spice Girls minus Posh, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, we expected that. Posh doesn't really do it anymore." And then she just like descends from the ceiling yeah. on probably just one bit of thread because she's a very light woman. She doesn't, <laughs> like, <laughs> she doesn't need yeah. much support to get her down from there. And that, oh, imagine how mad everyone would go. Yeah, and like, yeah, because like maybe they do like the first song. Just the four of them, and they go, "Welcome back, Bosch Spies," and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I I wrote down this question earlier, and um, I I might cut it out if it doesn't go anywhere. But <laughs> uh, but if if you were asked to be one of the Spice Girls today, what would be your Spice Girl name? Oh, I think I would be like a bubbly spice. Yeah, that's that's bubbly really. Spice. Yeah. Like, I think that's quite a. I'm quite like small, and I'm quite. At the minute, quite upbeat. So I think yeah. I would be like bubbly or bubble. No, bubble spice sounds like a drug. I'd have to go for bubble <laughs> spice. <laughs> yeah. 
bubble. Yeah, I've had some bubble spice at your festival. It's a bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, I like how you say, I'm currently upbeat, because like, yeah, it sounds like, yeah, I'm currently at the upbeat stage, but give it time, uh, I'll be at the, the depressed stage. The depressed stage, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, brilliant. So do you have any other acts for your Saturday? Or should we no, I'm trying to think of other bands who've like broken up, who could reform for my like throwback. S Club 7. Oh my God, yes. Imagine yeah. the entirety of S Club 7. Um, none of us S Club 3, who two are at the minute. Mm-hmm. All S Club 7. Who else could reform? I'm trying to think of ones that I know have definitely broke up. It's got to be a full throwback day. Or everyone's reforming for the Saturday of Unknown Fest for one night only. Is it all like kind of like that kind of pop bands as well? No, it doesn't have to be pop. Just people who come back for the one day. Um, yeah. Imagine Oasis reformed. Oh my God. Like, yeah. to be honest, there's a lot of different vibes on that day if you have an S Club 7 Oasis and Spice Girls, but yeah. I'm all for it. I'm genuinely. All for it. All for it all. I w- I'd mm. be like a, like a puppy. I wouldn't know who to run to. I'd be like, this is. All my favourites have come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, the cores. Did the cores break up? Uh, you know what, I don't know, but let's stick them on anyway. That now. Did the cores. Oh, no, the cores are an Irish band. They're still clinging on. Fair play. Fair. Act it up. They went on hiatus between 2006 and 2015, but they are back together. The cores. Get in. They well, that's sold close. 40 million albums worldwide. Go on, the cores. They yeah. can come. They're on Saturday. <laughs> Real. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the Midland band that have broke up. ABBA. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So. ABBA. Okay, so according to the internet, this is the 10 most devastating band breaks, uh, breakups of all time. One Direction. Sorry, they're not coming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I know I said that I became a pop fan, but I'm still not sold on One yeah. Direction. The Beatles. Okay, yes. The Beatles. <laughs> Yeah. Take that. No, I'm sorry. I'm not take that fan. Sorry. No. Oasis. They have mm-hmm. said they could come. ABBA. They're on here. Pink Floyd. That would be quite cool. Yeah. I'd have Pink Spice Girls are on here. See, this website is just Stormer. Led Zeppelin. Guns uh-huh. and Roses. I'm on board with both of them coming. Imagine Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Followed be- by NSYNC. Followed <laughs> by Guns and Roses. Followed by Spice Girls. There we go. That's the oh. top four. Okay, there, there was a very tight theme going on here in terms of throwback. You had Spice Girls, S Club 7, and then you have, uh, all right, Guns N' Roses, NSYNC, and the Zap. You know? I've seen Slash from Guns N' Roses at a festival, and it was possibly one of the best sets I've ever seen. Yeah, because uh, Slash, for a while, they did do, in 2018 they, and 2017, they did uh, Guns N' Roses' original lineup again, which is really cool. Uh, but also, Slash did uh, a lot of solo projects uh, with the Conspirators and with Miles Kennedy, who was really, really good. And uh-huh. as I could say that, that line that's actually better than Axel Rose as well, who uh, doesn't sing yeah. that well, but Miles Kennedy really does as well. Goes for it. Well, I'll tell you who I'd like to resurrect. They haven't technically broken up, but their frontman died. Was be the Prodigy. Oh the yeah. Prodigy yeah. for one. That was. A, I think the Prodigy would open that day. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I like the idea of it being like <laughs> Led Zeppelin, NSYNC, Guns N' Roses, Spice Girls. Yeah. That would be. <laughs> Yeah, what a, you wouldn't know what to do with yourself, would you? Well, that's that's it, because I because it was very controlled, and then it was like, oh, hell break loose! Yeah, <laughs> and didn't that, I like my sort of like more like heavier rock, bit more alternative? I love that stuff, and I like my pop. So what a way of just sandwiching that all together. 
I like it because you just kind of like it going like, okay, I've, I've just seen that. Like, give me, give me, give me a man after midnight. And then I've just, <laughs> I, I've just seen Pink Floyd do a 20 minute solo. And is, is that Freddie Mercury in a boat? What's yeah. happening in my head? What is happening? And that nicely links to Unknown Fest. It's like, that's the exactly. concept as well. The whole, the slogan of Unknown Fest is, what did I just see? <laughs> that's, that's how we're summing it up. I think I just watched a, an, a, an Icelandic band perform the same song for eight hours. It's, yeah. It's, it's mad. <laughs> Is that Louis Theroux doing a talk for uh, an, yeah. another talk about bingo balls? Oh, God. He's Louis Capaldi on a kebab band. <laughs> I think once we start, we've opened this kind of worms now. And <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, there's yeah. Lots, lots of stuff going on. Okay, um, so let's let's move on to our Sunday as well because we just had the most hyped day ever on that Saturday as well. Yeah, it's going to be much more chill. Yeah, Sunday we're winding down. I think my um, secret set on the Sunday would be I think she's the one person who I've not seen live who I'd love to see her. Oh yeah, I think she would put on a really good show. Yeah. And I'd quite and see she would suit being on the last table festival because she always covers like her eyes, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. So she was really hung over. She could just be like, Don't matter, can't see my eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's equivalent to putting big on shades on. Exactly. Just yeah. I'd love to see her. And again, she she's got some upbeat ones, but she's quite like chilled. I'd enjoy mm-hmm. that. Who else on this day I also would like Mumford and Sons? Yeah. I think they they're again like because this is the thing about festivals, there's some bands who people are like, oh, could you stand and listen to them for an hour? And it's like, yeah, you might not be able to like dance to every song, but there's something nice about like when the sun's going down at a festival, you've got a pint and you're like sat on the grass and you're just watching like a proper festival band. So like Ed Sheeran, I know a lot of people don't like Ed Sheeran, he's very good at a festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of yeah. one man and his guitar, like that's what is more festival than that. He can, he can come on that day as well. Yeah, I think that's so correct. It's like, yeah, I kind of, uh, when I was, again, I've talked a lot about me as a younger man, but like, I remember seeing Radiohead at Leeds Fest and I, I wasn't a fan of them. Uh, I am now, but at the time I just didn't get it. And um, yeah. and I was like, oh, why, why have something you can't really ja- dance along to? But equally, um, it's there's more than that to a band though. It's like, it's not about their BPM or how they, um, it, it's about that emotional connection. How about uh, how, how that music exactly. means to you? And I, I, but then again, I think there is a performance element which is important as well. I think like there's sometimes there's people who just do their hits with no showmanship, and I think that's that's a valid way of doing it. But I think yeah. the bands I love the best, the ones who really put their heart and soul into it as well. Definitely. I remember seeing Mumford. I've seen Mumford and Sons twice. I saw them once at Rockness, and I saw them at Latitude with my friend Sarah. We were quite drunk. And yeah. like when you've got that friend who you just like to be like mischief with. Yeah. And we were stood in the crowd. And we both love Mumford and Sons. Like if I remember rightly, we'd gone for a wee at the comedy tent because obviously we could get like backstage there because I was playing the comedy tent. So I was like, let's go for a wee there. There'll be no queue. And we'll run over and see Mumford and Sons. And then I bumped into a comic who really wanted to chat. Mm-hmm. And then you don't want to be rude. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Oh, we were kind of like, just going to see Mum Benson and then we heard them start to play Little Lion Man and my mate just grabbed us and went, we have to go. But we were having such a good time and then we kept just turning to each other so I would go like, I hope they play Wonderwall. And then yeah. She'd go, yeah, play Wonderwall. And then I would be like, um, oh, like play Let It Be. Yeah. Obviously just, and then no one, like, it, it was a joke for us. Like, yeah. We found it the most hilarious thing in the world to shout out songs that clearly weren't 
Mumford and Sons song. And then this guy behind us went, oh, they think Mumford and Sons sing Wonderwall. <laughs> we were so, because we were doing it for each other. We weren't doing it for attention. Yeah. We hadn't even realised that maybe other people were in the crowd at the middle of a festival. We were like, everyone will be listening to the band. They're not going to be listening to the two like giddy drunk girls who are trying to make each other laugh. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think that we then started them playing up to that. And we were like, imagine, imagine somebody would think that two people would come and stand in the crowd for Mumford and Sons and think they sing Wonderwall. And we were getting like so passive aggressive. Like. Yeah, oh my. And then we just started doing it more. So we'd be like, play, get the party started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh... we were winding this guy up so much. And uh, one of those, where everybody around probably thought we were the most annoying people in the world. But me and her were like, this is the funniest thing we have ever done <laughs> in our life there's obviously that i don't know there's kind of that music snob attitude and i don't want to yeah. be i don't want to say it but like it, it was obviously a guy that was like oh, oh that, yeah you think that mumford and sons play like that kind of like snobbery exactly. do you know what i mean it's like but come on like we were deliberately picking the most like obvious songs that weren't yeah. sung and it was it was just meant to be a joke for me and her but then the fact someone picked up on it and like sneered at it we were like big mistake we're now gonna do it even more <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah and like and the thing is festivals are there for people to enjoy themselves as well and uh you know just like uh, yeah i don't know how people like police it as well like uh i think at this point me and her hadn't seen each other for like quite a few months as well so you know when you're in that like giddy stage of like being with your best mate for the first time in ages and you're like let's cause trouble <laughs> yeah I am. Um, I remember seeing uh, Kings of Leon as well, uh, but uh, in uh, I think it was like 2011 or 2009, maybe around that time. Uh, and again, I think it was Leeds Fest, and like a similar kind of thing as well. A little like uh, they kept them like. Uh, my brother and I were watching it, but we weren't massively into it as well. But we, we, it was enjoyable. But like uh, I, I remember these two drunk ladies, uh, and like uh, they were like. Oh. Um, have they played Sex on Fire yet? I was like, uh, no, not yet. And he goes, oh, okay. And then the next song, have they played Sex on Fire yet? I was like, no, even I know. Like, so I think, uh, yeah. yeah. No. I think there's two different vibes there. But, uh, okay, so we have Sia, Mumford & Sons, and Turin. Yeah. Who is headlining us Sunday? Coldplay. And Brilliant. I know it's a controversial one, but again, just like I unashamedly love Eurovision, unashamedly love Coldplay. Love Coldplay. The reason I went to my first festival was because Coldplay were headlining and I oh, really? wanted to see them and I did what you did, I went to the front pit mm-hmm. on like, I think they were playing the last day? No they weren't, it was Food Fighters did the last day, maybe it was, the, it must have been the Saturday mm-hmm. and guess who was second headliner to Coldplay in Seeing the Park? Uh, sync. Beyonce. What? Are you joking? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, she was pregnant but I think she announced the pregnancy at Glastonbury. Yeah. She would have been pregnant at Tea in the Park, but she hadn't like announced it. And then I think Glastonbury was like two weeks later and I think maybe that's when she said she was like pregnant and we were like, Oh my god, we saw pregnant Beyonce, like what a day. So I think that lineup that day was something like Slash, Kesha, um, Beyonce, Coldplay. So I was like at the front for Coldplay and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I've, seen, I've seen them at the stadium alight as well. And they gave everybody like a wristband and then at one point, all the lights just went off and everybody's wristbands lit up. So just a little oh. things like that. Like, they do put on, like, a really good show. Yeah. I really, and I just think for, like, the final night, when you're kind of all sort of, like, partied out and you want something a bit chill, a couple mm. of songs you can dance to, but on the whole, quite laid back, I think they'd be perfect. 
genuinely, I think they are a really good Sunday band. You know what I mean? Cause, yeah. And again, I think for me personally, I wouldn't see them at the gig by himself, but a festival, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I go and check them out. Yeah. They put on a really good show. Like, I think the year we saw them at Team the Park, they threw these like big balloon things into the crowd. And then when mm. the balloons burst, they were full of like paper butterflies. Oh. Like, like that, I think the butterflies, like, sort of their sort of symbol or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they, both times I've seen them, they have put on like a banging show. Very mm-hmm. good. So I'm like, they would be my perfect Sunday headliner. So um, why do you think they Coldplay get such a bad rap in like modern day? I don't of... think it's one of these snobbery things where mm. people are like, oh, you like Coldplay, they're so, they're so beige, they're so dull. And I'm like, all right, they might not be the most like exciting band in the world, but they write good songs. Like, mm. I think some, some people maybe think they're a bit like wet or something, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not a fan of that sneering. I'm like, if you like them, you like, if you don't want to like them, cool. Yeah. I don't like every band, but I feel like Coldplay especially get this big like stick towards them of being like, you like Coldplay. I'm like, yes, yes, I do. What's your problem? <laughs> and I love how you prefaced uh, Coldplay at your festival. It might be controversial. <laughs> and I like yeah. that because the most like people consider them quite like uh, uh, middle of the road as well. But I imagine that being controversial as well. And like, there were all big people listening to us who go, oh, I can't believe that. Oh, what? Yeah. I think some people think they're like a bit boring, but I, d- I don't. I love like the lyrics and I love the songs. I love like, is it in Fix You, that like bit with the guitar. Love mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a big Coldplay fan. Love cool. And I think I read not long ago that they said they wouldn't tour again for like environmental reasons. And again, that was one where people were like, oh, thanks Coldplay. Really hope climate change doesn't go away if it means that we don't have to see like that kind of like sneering. And I was yeah. like, oh, off. I'd love it's- to see Coldplay again. Yeah, and also, like, I, again, I, I really, this is me slanting out, out my depth. I don't know uh, many of the Coldplay members. I know Chris Martin. And I think Chris Martin's genuinely a lovely person as well. Yeah. Like, uh, he's appeared on the extras. And I think anyone who appears on the extras is willing to say to piss out themselves is always yeah. quite decent. Uh, but also, like, yeah, stuff like, like, standing up for environmental things is really kind of good. And, and it needs someone yeah. to kind of propel that as well. So, uh, yeah. Fab, a but, good sense of humor. I'm sure, was he in Modern Family? Uh, potentially I'm, not... I'm, sure, I'm sure it was like modern family or something like that he was in an episode where like either they were trying to sell his house or sell a house to him and they obviously hyped him up to be like a sort of stereotype of himself but he was clearly like up for a laugh with it all yeah absolutely and also like the I, I'm a big Beastie Boys fan, and when MCA died in 2012, like uh, again, Chris Martin got a lot of flack for it, but he, he did like a, a really moving tribute to. Uh, he did a like, fight for your right on piano uh, on the night uh, they, they found out of his death, and it's like, genuinely. I, I watched it about a year ago, and it was just like it's so. It's he didn't have to do it, but it was just genuinely really nice as well. I um, literally just a couple of weeks ago, it might even been last week. Obviously, it should be festival season at the minute. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of, like, Glastonbury stuff on the telly. And yeah. we were showing um, Coldplay's Glastonbury set from it must be maybe about four years ago. They headlined or something. And it was the uh, the Viola Beach Boys had died. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not called the Viola Beach. They are yeah. boys who were in a band called Viola. And kids, people are like, what's the Viola Beach Boys? <laughs> yeah, a very different band. Really good band called Viola Beach. And mm-hmm. they really sadly, their bus crashed and they all, and their manager died. And they had some really good songs. So Coldplay gave them the chance to headline Glastonbury and essentially like played their song 
and showed them on the screen so they mm-hmm. could again like I say they didn't have to do that but they did and I thought and I think I'm sure I might be making this part up but I'm sure they like reached out to the families to check that they could do mm-hmm. it shows that it wasn't just like a performative thing of like hey look how much we care they were like no they do genuinely care because like mm-hmm. they asked the families and it was such a lovely tribute and I'm like that probably meant so much to like their families mm-hmm. it was really lovely so they're obviously like a band that like care as well they haven't become totally disillusioned and mm-hmm. don't they split everything like equally I think my dad told me this as well to I... stop there being like fights everything gets split four ways like equally they've all got equal mm-hmm. which is probably why they've stayed together for so long because there's no need for them to like mm-hmm. fight all about oh, well he's getting more rightly for this and I'm getting less and they get everything equal yeah well i i I personally don't know but it's i think it's one of those things that yeah they they just seem like nice people and i think i you know what i'm i'm again i think i was probably one of those people who was kind of like younger like cool play but i think you know what i i I listened to their music in preparation for this and you know what like it's it's good and i think um and it's there is that snobbery and also they have a new album out which is bang and they have a song called orphans and it's proper like vivid as well it's like like they do push the envelope and they're not just a one trick pony as well i think they do kind of like move with the times as well like they've got a um collaboration with chain smokers yeah like that's pretty like cool for like a band like Coldplay to be like no we want to like stay relevant we want to move with the times we're going to do a collaboration with like more of a dance dance kind of artist like that's a bang and that's when they do something just like this that's a really good song I think there's a strength to that as well to say that because uh, even though they're trying to stay relevant it's quite for me, it seems quite clear that they're not desperate for it. They're not clinging yeah, on to their dregs of that. Jumping on a bandwagon, yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, cool. What's, like, how can we move forward? How can we do something different? Mm-hmm. Let's and, drop this. And uh, also, like, because people have that image towards them already, like, yeah, we're just going to do what we like, you know what I mean? And, and I like yeah. that. Like, they're just totally, like, on it yeah and they they can just do, they just do what they like they yeah. put the music out that they want to do it's cool I'm sure last year as well they did a gig like in the british museum is it like the natural history museum or something and i was like that's so like cool and i think they announced it like a day before or something and they were like hey we're doing a gig like in the museum i'm like oh, that's so cool Mm-hmm. That, that proves how uncool I am. That I'm like <laughs> the gig in a museum. No, genuinely, <laughs> I was I was like, that's pretty cool actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember um, my brother. Uh, there was a there was a long about 2010 maybe they they um, there was like a radio one thing it was like live lounge did a thing where uh, they got massive bands to do really small little gigs and oh, they yeah. at my brother's uni at the university of east anglia in norwich they had like a really um Cold like did a gig and like a it was like a really like a 300 seat uh, gig and like uh-huh. uh, and it was just like really intimate as well and like Coldplay didn't uh-huh. have to do that and but it was just yeah. cool yeah that's amazing yeah I love that I love them I'll fight their corner any day of the week <laughs> yeah I think you've uh, uh defa- you kind of turned me into a Coldplay fan after this so uh, yeah, yeah I'm like, oh, well and what a good way to finish up that festival as well um, exactly pint of cider in your hand sun setting putting your arm around your best mate as they play fix you you know exactly. it's nice and then you turn look them in the eye and go i hope they play wonderwall <laughs> <laughs> and you'll just see me going <laughs> and a middle-aged man behind me just implodes <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> that'd be good uh and he, he was fed up at, uh, at spice girls but he's in that yeah. but this pushed him over the letter <laughs> all right would you like to add any more bands to your lineup i think that's it yeah i'm quite satisfied with my eclectic lineup it's pretty good uh, i think it's uh, gonna be very popular as well yeah um, not popular to Louis through who is dying of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> of uh, like dehydration but uh yeah never mind um but yeah, so let's let's go and deal with some floor fillers. As with event management, things are bound to go wrong. So here's a couple of hypothetical questions that our guests have to deal with in a manner that they see fit. Oh no, the Spice Girls have cancelled last minute. Who do you get to replace them? Me and four of my female friends. <laughs> We're just going to net a bottle of rosé each and carry it off with confidence. Can any of us sing? No. Sarah kind of can. Sarah can sort of sing. I say sort of. Sarah can sing. That's... <laughs> Well, uh, I'm thinking, do I have four female friends? Yes, I do. <laughs> that is me, my friend Sarah from uni. I was roping Olga Koch, the comedian. Yes, yeah. She loves karaoke. And again, she has the confidence to pull it. She could walk on stage and be like, I'm a Spice Girl. And everyone would be like, yeah, of course you are. Yeah. We'll have her. My mom would probably do it. I think I could get her in. That yeah. happens with us as that four. And then Posh Spice would do it regardless. Yeah, we wouldn't get the memo from the others that they <laughs> so it would be me, my mom, my mate Sarah, Olga Cock, and Posh Spice. Yeah, and it's not just the four of you and Posh Spice, it's four of you with a bottle of rose age going, All right, I can do this. Here yeah. we go. Uh, I've played <laughs> sex on fire, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Oh dear, one of your acts is running late and you need to fill for time. But fortunately, one of your favourite ever celebrities is willing to do a DJ set for you. Which celebrity out of anyone in the world doesn't have to be a DJ? Uh-huh. I think you know what I'm going to say. Louis Theroux. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm so tired. For this he's on his like 15 minute wee break and he's like, finally. And I'm like, Louis, put your headphones on. <laughs> Oh, I Get on the decks. <laughs> I just imagine having such a droopy face afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really like it's just really sad afterwards. It's like next year, I'll just get John Ronson to do it. It's fine. Exactly. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's brilliant. And yeah, but what a harsh taskmaster. Um, <laughs> okay, I don't usually say this one, but let's give it a go. But. Uh, your fans are uh, they're doing mosh pits they are doing crowd surfing but they're also doing something called the patterson what okay. do you think what what would that thing be what's like the thing in the crowd that they're doing everybody at the same moment just have a little sit down <laughs> yeah i think that's very on brand for me yeah like have a little sit down the whole yeah. the whole crowd at once everyone have a snack and a chill out there little sit down little little cereal bar ready to go <laughs> That's a ba- banging. Okay, so one of your acts has forgotten their equipment, but good news, I can do an acoustic set. Which band out of the ones you've chosen would you choose to do an acoustic Ooh, set? 
Calvin Harris. Yeah. <laughs> just him making all the noises himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'd love to say that. I'd love a DJ to have forgotten their kit. Imagine just something like pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds brilliant. So uh, there we go. Okay. So the final question S Club 7 and the Coors are uh, two bands which hate each other's guts. There's bad beef between them. You don't know why, but they hate each other. And they say they won't perform if the other band is going to perform. Who would you choose between S Club 7 and the Oh, I would choose S Club, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because if the cores are still active, I'd be like, well, come on, you can go make your money. Yeah. S Club needs this. Yeah, this is very, it's come back. <laughs> Well, wow. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for your amazing festival, Lauren. It's been thank an absolute you. delight. Where can people find you online and would you like to plug anything in particular? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Lauren Patterson. Mm-hmm. I am not doing many gigs at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you, yeah. But hopefully they will be starting again or I'll, I work in a cafe temporarily and I'll yeah. see you a nice breakfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come up. It'd be great, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, follow me on, on Twitter at Lauren Patterson and then when the world starts, return into a bit more normal again i would love to see you at a gig but hopefully not the first one because i'll be shit thank you so much for listening to castable it's been an absolute delight if you do like this please check out all the past episodes for free uh, and please give us a five star rating online you can also follow us at castable podcast you can follow me at matt comedy as well um but let's say a massive thank you to my wonderful and utterly divine guest <laughs> in person thank you very much thank you